Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. In John chapter 15, if you have a Bible, turn there. In John chapter 15 and verse 5, we jump into one verse that is... A conversation, it's in the middle of a long conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. <laughs> Chapter 14 is, is, is a part of the, an earlier part of the conversation when Jesus is talking with his disciples and, and they're in the upper room and, and they're hanging out and they're just going through some stuff. The end of Chapter 14, Jesus says to the disciples, come on, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Let's, let's go somewhere else. And they then begin this journey by foot from the upper room on their way to, to the um, Garden of Gethsemane. And, and, and the conversation, as they walk along the road, they look down, Jesus looks down, for argument's sake, this is how he perhaps came to it, theologians say. He looks down and he sees some great vines that are along the, along the, the roadside. And he uses this um, as, as a metaphor to paint a picture. And he's walking with the disciples and, and he starts to talk to them about vines and, and, and grapes and fruit. And in verse five, Jesus says these words to the disciples. He says to them, you're the, he says, I'm the vine, I'm the vine and and you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit or will produce a lot of fruit for without me, you can do nothing. It's, it's this one verse in the middle of this really, um, really cool discussion where Jesus paints this picture that reminds us of our need for Him in our life. It reminds us of our absolute, complete and utter inability to do anything worthwhile without Jesus. I can do a lot of things that are surface without Him, but without Him, I can do nothing that's eternal. I can't do it without Him. That's, That's what He says. And at Christmas time, we use so many different things at Christmas to celebrate this awesome time of year. You have to just bear with me. I have a little bit of a, a throat thing I'm dealing with. It's not COVID. Um, <laughs> hundred people just left. Listen, um, at Christmas time, we're doing so many things. We're decorating. How many people have lights on the front of your house? Come on, raise your hand. That makes you feel a lot better. I thought there'd be more. Listen, I've been in this battle with my kids. Um, across the last month um, that uh, they wanted Christmas lights at the front of their house. Um, I, I, am, I have a complete and utter inability. I, I do not know 
nor do I care to know how to do the Christmas light thing. I just cannot wrap my head around. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a Grinch. Don't hate on me. I love Christmas. I love the look of the lights, but I'd rather get someone else to do it for me. I just, can't. it drives me nuts. This is how bad I am at it. I had to YouTube how to do it. God is my witness. God is my witness. When you go through some of these neighbourhoods and, and, and the lights are wrapped around, you know what I'm talking about? Wrapped around the trunk and then go up into the branches. Have you ever tried to do that? Do, do you realise the process of, of, I mean, I used to build houses, but I cannot put lights on a tree. I just cannot. So my kids, and I know this about myself. I know it. I, I'm, I'm fully aware of it. My kids, Dad, we want Christmas lights. Oh, I'm trying to just distract them. You know, just, we don't need lights. We have Jesus, you know. Like, <laughs> like rebuking my three-year-old. Jesus is in your heart. You don't need lights on your house. Come on, somebody. You know, like, it's so stupid. Like, um, and so they keep pushing me. We want Christmas lights. No, so finally they forgot about it until my street decides that it's going to turn into Vegas. Like, I wake up, I, I come out, I come home from work one time, it, it's dark and I'm pulling into the strip of Vegas and I'm like, dear Jesus, where did these houses all of a sudden, I mean, you've got reindeer on roofs and Santa on the front lawn of people's houses. You have this house, it's all lit up. Then you have my house right in the middle. It looks like an insane asylum, just dark. <laughs> It looks like something out of a horror movie. Like, who are we, the Adams family? There's nothing. There's nothing. I, I feel the judgment of my street. Like, I feel it. I walk out, I'm like, just shut up, all of you. I can't do it, all right? Finally, I give in. I'm like, all right. So we go down to Lowe's and I buy a couple boxes of lights. It takes me hours. I'm wrapping lights around the stupid thing. First, I started with the tree, but then I couldn't get it up in the tree. And then I got halfway through and the devil took over and I got mad. And, <laughs> and then I let a spirit of anger loose and, and I, ripped, I ripped all the, I'm not doing this in the tree. It's too hard. And, then, and so I did it around these little posts that we have out the front. I brought my kids out for the unveiling. I thought it was going to be this moment. In my mind, I saw Leo shed a tear, you know, just one tear. And then she looks at me and she's like, Daddy, you did this for me. This was in my mind. It didn't happen like that. In my mind, as, as she ran and wrapped her arms around me in this moment of embrace under the Christmas lights, it was quite nice but very untrue to the reality of what happened. Leo and Luca, come look at the lights. What lights? The lights you've been asking me to do for a month. Come outside, we come outside and, you know, Leo was half dressed. Um, you know, it was, might've been around bath time. So she's got no shirt on. Don't judge me. She's got no shirt on. She's got her pants on. She comes out, it's cold. And she's standing there whinging about, whining about how cold it is. And then I turn the lights on, nothing. They, they didn't say anything. 
Luca ran off and wanted, wanted to know why this tree over here wasn't lit up. And I'm like, well, I, didn't, I didn't have a lead long enough. And he said, well, we need to find a lead. I said, we don't have any more leads. He takes off into the house looking for a lead. Leo's pulling on me saying, Dad, I'm cold. I'm like, guys, but look at the lights. Now I'm stuck with the crappest light show on the planet that in three weeks' time, I've got to pull down. I don't understand this. We do things around Christmas. When I was a kid growing up, this is going to turn into a sermon, okay? We're going to get there, all right? Just go with me on the journey. It's a journey, okay? When I grew up at Christmas, you didn't have a fake tree in your house. If you had a fake tree in your house, it was considered sacrilegious to the Christmas spirit. You had to have, when I grew up in Australia, you had to have a real tree. Everybody had a real tree. You didn't do fake trees. You had real trees. And so we would go with, with my dad and he would pick up a real tree and, and, and we'd bring it home to the house. And then you would begin the, the lengthy process of, of establishing the real tree in a, some sort of a tree stand of some sort. But, but when I was younger, we didn't have tree stands like this. This one the guy's got is, is quite a nice tree stand. We didn't have, when I was younger, we had a bucket with bricks in it. That's, that's what my dad, maybe I grew up a little more ghetto than some of you, but we had, a, we had a bucket with bricks in it, but that even in and of itself wasn't enough to support the, the tree fully. It had to be positioned in the corner of a room so dad could use each of the walls to support the tree and keep it upright. But then sometimes the bucket wouldn't hold it and the walls wouldn't hold it and the tree would sort of slide miserably down the walls. So what he would do is he would get a piece of rope and he would tie a piece of rope. I told you it was gonna, he would tie a piece of rope around the trunk behind and then he would fix that piece of rope to a part of the windowsill that would support the tree. And then that would pull it on one side. Then on the other side, he would take another little piece of rope and he would position one of the living room chairs right beside the tree. You don't know how I grew up. I've gone to counselling to get free of this. And then they would tie the rope to the chair and so the chair would keep it from going that way and the windowsill rope would keep it from going that way. God forbid if we had people over and someone would try and move that chair, they would ruin Christmas. <laughs> the rule, don't sit in the chair. Don't, don't touch anything. Don't touch it. And as kids, we knew you have to just, just leave it. It's just to look at because it's, it's fragile because it's, it's, it's a real tree. It's fragile. It takes, it takes a lot of work to support it. And of course, the beauty of using a bucket was that you could put water in the bucket to keep the tree, you know, sustained some sort of life because essentially a real tree is actually a dead tree. And so you put the water in the bucket and you've got it tied up and let's just get straight to it. A real tree's real work, right? And the reason why a real tree is real work 
is because it's been cut off from the source that is its strength and its support. It's been separated from from that which can give it life and and help it sustain and and help it stay strong and give it vitality. It's, 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 It's a Christmas tree, but it's really a dead branch. And, and, and the reason why I use that as, as an analogy or metaphor for us today is sometimes I feel like for my life that I catch myself at times detaching from Jesus and relying upon Him for every breath I take. And sometimes I catch myself feeling a little bit like a dead branch trying to present good. And, and, and the reason why I, I know that at times I do that is because when I look at my life sometimes, I don't see myself always emanating the fruits of the Spirit. That's, that's, that's for me. In Galatians 5 and 22, we know the verse. It says, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Self-control. And, and those things are fun to talk about in Bible study and preach about on Sunday, but they're hard to live on Monday. And for me, sometimes when the pressure is on and the challenges arise and things in my life unfold differently to how I had planned, that what's in me comes out of me, and I've got to be honest, sometimes what comes out is not good. And I dare say that if I dug into your Monday to Saturday, I might see some similar things. And so I get, I get frustrated with myself because I find myself disconnecting from the true vine that is Jesus. And I find myself feeling a little bit like at times, I know we're saved, I know we love the Lord, but I feel like at times a dead branch that's just trying to present good, that's not producing the fruit that's in accordance with what Scripture tells me. And the challenge is when we live in a society that loves to, that loves surface level fruit and, and, and surface level things that we settle for things that maybe are not good, but as long as it presents good, I'm okay. The, the temptation can be when I find myself feeling like this a little bit, that rather than having to get under and beneath the surface and really deal with the root issue of what's going on, I would rather, instead of deal with it, I'd rather just decorate it. And, 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 and so what we do is we, 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 we decorate our lives with with things that people around us will celebrate, not because it necessarily is good, but just because it looks good. 
And so as dysfunctional as I might be and as dead as I really might be on the inside, if I act happy enough, people might think that I have joy. And if, and if I present right and I praise right and I talk sweet, people might think I have gentleness. And if they catch me on the right day, God forbid, if they catch me on a bad day, they might see beneath the surface of what's going on that I present to everybody else and really see how broken and screwed up I am. And the fact that I've actually detached from my Saviour that is my source and my strength. But rather than deal with it, we just keep decorating it. And we take something that's really a dead branch and we turn it into a decorated tree. And then this is, and we put all of these different things upon our life and it's the success of the world because that looks good. And it's the picture of this fabricated life that I post online so everybody will see and I'll get lots of likes and I'll even pay money to get likes so everyone can look and make me think and think, give in to this illusion that I'm fulfilled and my life is happy. And we go to all this effort and energy, not dealing with our life, but just decorating our life. We will go into debt trying to decorate our life because we want everyone to think we're successful and so we'll go into debt and we'll buy things we don't need and we paint this perfect picture that everything's great and I'm blessed and I'm this and I'm that and the problem is, is we live in a society that loves this. We, listen, We love it. Our culture, our culture loves this. We love the appearance of fruit. And we don't care if we have to sacrifice health for the sake of fruit as long as it looks good. And, and, and this is where sometimes I catch myself. I catch myself at times detaching from Jesus that is the source of my strength. And I find myself in this place and rather than getting back to the source of my strength and dealing with it, I just decorate it. And I, and I present this facade like I'm good. I can do it. But it's really, it's, it feels strong, but it's rooted in pride. And, and the challenge that I felt from the Holy Spirit for myself this week is one that I want to put to all of us. As we enter into this Christmas season, Will we be people that abide? The word that I want us to write down is one word, and it's the word stay, S-T-A-Y. I'll put this word on the background of my phone, homepage on my phone. I want you to write it down. I want you to write it on your homepage on your phone. I want you, when you get home, write it on a piece of paper. 
I want you to put it on your fridge. I want you to write it in Sharpie on your mirror in your bathroom. I want you to put it on a post-it note and just stick it on the dashboard of your car. Just the words stay. And the reason why I want you to do that is I want that to be a reminder for all of us this Christmas that with the busyness of, of everything that we're doing and the hecticness of what this season brings and perhaps the challenges that, that you, you are facing and dealing with, I want you to continue to remind yourself that in the middle of it all, we need to stay. Jesus said this to the disciples when He explained to them that He is the vine, that, 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 that He is the vine and, and you are the branches, that I'm your support, I'm your strength, I'm where your life will come from, I am what will sustain you. And if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. That's that word remain is the word abide, which means to be present. Think about that. Jesus doesn't say, I want you to visit. He doesn't say, I want you to stop by in the morning for a couple minutes. Doesn't say, I want you to just attend on a Sunday. He doesn't say, I want you, I know we need to and I know it's good to, but He doesn't say in here, just read your Word. It's possible to read your Word and not be present. I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good. It's an ability that I have that I hate. But I'm really good at being there, but not being there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. My son the other day said to me, he's five. And he was trying to show me a toy aeroplane. And I was doing something and he said, Dad, I need you to focus. <laughs> I said... I said, I beg your pardon, Dad, I really need you to focus. <laughs> it's so easy for us to just go about the checklist of what we feel like is everything that we need to do in order to measure up to be a good Christian. But really, are we doing what he's asking? Because he says, if you will stay with me, if you will stay with me, I will stay with you. And I will strengthen you. And I will be your source of life. And I will be your supply. The challenge that I felt for myself is do I stay? That's the question. Do you stay? Not do you read not do you pray, not do you sing worship. Because all of those things are pointless if you don't stay. They're actually the height of religion if we don't know how to be present while we do them. And the problem is, is I find in ministry as a, as a, as a pastor, as a minister, it can be so easy just getting caught up doing the routine of doing, but not being present while I do it. 
And so uh, uh, this, this word for me keeps going over and over in my spirit. Ben, stay, stay. And so as we ask ourselves this question, um, do I stay? I want to give you a couple, a couple of questions that will help maybe lead you to that answer. Are you staying? And the first thing I want you to write down to ask yourself is this, is there fruit? See, this is not as elaborate as this. Okay, this, this is grand. This is sparkly. This looks good. This presents good. But this will grow. It doesn't matter what I do to this. You jazz this up all you want. You, I mean, you can do whatever. I mean, look at this stuff. And you can make it look as pretty. I mean, how bad am I at decorating a tree? Stop it, I'm trying. I've got decorations hanging off me. You can pretty this thing up. That's, I remember as a kid, that's when it came to decorating the tree, I don't think I've ever actually hung a decoration on a tree. Because I worked out, if you just stick them in there, they, they stay, don't they? they that'll work. You do what you want to that, one thing you'll never make it do is grow. It's never going to grow. This stuff here looks nice, but it's not fruit. There's no life in that. Looks pretty. Make a nice photo. But there's no life. I squeeze that, nothing happens. There's no, there's no nutrients in that. There's nothing of eternal value in that, but this, this right here is, they're, they're two very contrasting pictures, aren't they? This one is, over here is grand and sparkling. This one here is just humble, seemingly small, but it's just doing its thing. You know what it's doing? It's, it's producing fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I mean, you know them. But do we do them? Do I do them? Because I will only emanate who Jesus is if I remain in Him. Do I, is there fruit in my life? Is it flowing out of me? Fruit is not forced. Fruit just, I mean, you look, this is a fig tree. You look at those little figs. I mean, they don't look like they're stressing too much. They're not working too hard. They're just staying. 
and they are gonna naturally, fruit is gonna naturally flow from it because that's what it's designed to do. You're created to be connected to the vine. You disconnect from the vine and try and draw that type of strength and sustenance from anything else. You mess with the function and you create dysfunction. And you will kill every opportunity that comes your way by trying to drain out of it something that only God can give. And you'll find yourself unfulfilled in work, unfulfilled in relationship, unfulfilled in every aspect of your life because only true fulfilment comes from staying. I know it's basic, I know it's simple, but this is the reminder for us that I want us to carry into the Christmas season. Is there fruit? Am I growing? Are you growing? Are you growing? Not, not are you this big, huge theologian, pastor, leader, prophet, evangelist, sister, brother, whatever. No. Are you different to what you were this time last year? And you might still be screwed up. Okay? But I'm here as your campus pastor to tell you that that's okay. As long as you're growing. As long as you're growing. And I never want us to be a church where you have to try and present some type of fabricated growth because you feel pressure to have to look a certain way if it's not real and authentic. I don't care if you come in jacked up, messed up, off your head, out of your tree, going crazy. All I wanna know is simply, are you growing? And if that's where you are on your journey, then I am gonna celebrate that like nothing else because that is what discipleship is. Is, is growing. We're, we're a church, we're a church where it's okay to be growing. It's okay to be growing. It's okay to not quite be there yet, but I'm not where I was. And, and never, you have to be careful when you, when you find yourself judging somebody else's growth track. You run your race and you worry about where you're at and you worry about growing where you are and don't worry about where anybody else is because we're all running our own race and we're all doing what God has called us to do and we just need to keep, just keep growing. Keep growing. Am I... Is there fruit? Am I growing? Three, do I impact others? Fruit is not for the tree. Fruit is not kept, fruit is given. If the fruit stays when it's time to give, the, tr- the fruit becomes rotten. Am I impacting others? Am I having an impact changing people's lives one, one, one little bit at a time? 
I'm not saying, are you, are you laying hands on people when you walk down Jamboree? I'm not, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Some of you, I'm begging you, please don't do that. It will be weird. Others of you, if God leads you, go ahead and do it. I don't care, do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. But I'm saying, I, I, am, am I having an impact on individuals that are around me? That's, that's when you know everywhere that Jesus went, He left an impression on those that were there. And are we doing that as a church? That, that's part of the reason behind the, the vision behind what we're doing for Christmas Eve. I was talking with some of our staff Christmas Eve, normally we come together as a church and we wear our pretty suit and tie and a nice hat that we've been waiting 12 months to pull out of the closet. We pull it out, we put it on, we come to church. Why? Because it's Christmas. And we come with our Christmas friends and our Christian family members and Christian people and we come together and we sit in our seat on Sunday and we sing Christmas carols and we go home. And I hate it. I love Christmas, but I hate the religion that's attached to it. So I said, why don't, we just, why don't we just take the service and let's do it outside. Oh, let's just do something. Let's, let's do something. We saw when we did our outdoor services, we saw more souls saved ever before in the history of this campus when we were doing services outside. And you know why? One of the reasons, one of the reasons I think is I actually think it's less intimidating for people to come to a church in a parking lot. Christmas is the easiest time of the year to invite someone. So, so why don't we do Christmas service on Christmas Eve at 5pm outside in the parking lot and we light candles under the stars and we sing Christmas carols and we lift up the Name of Jesus and we bring lost people and we don't have a typical religious Christmas service, but we have a service that actually impacts people and people leave changed and people leave set free and people meet Jesus. He's the Saviour. He's the reason. He's the source. He's my strength. Are we impacting people? At the nine o'clock service, a gentleman came up to me. And he had a 13, 14 year old kid with him. And he said, I want you to pray for him. The kid was tears in his eyes. I said, what, what, what does he need prayer for? He said, his dad died yesterday. I could, I just, it just hit me. I held this teenager, you could feel the hopelessness, you could feel the pain. I don't wanna get caught off guard, not being able to produce fruit that can bring healing. Dad died yesterday. What? The heck are we doing if we're not changing lives? What are we doing? What are we doing? 
because people are walking past us. We cross paths with them in our workplace, in our family. We see them all the time, we interact with them, but are we impacting them? Start small. Just something, hey, I just wanna tell you that God's got you. Hey, can I buy you a coffee? I just see you got, you look like maybe you got a lot of kids. I just wanna bless your Christmas. Start small, but let's do something. Do something. Do what you can and God will attach to it and do what you cannot. That's, that's when I know, that's when I know I'm connected to the vine, when I reflect the nature of the vine. When everything that I'm doing is impacting people little bit by little bit. Well, who's on your heart to invite Christmas Eve? I've been working on my dry cleaner for about six years. And I'm telling you, I get so mad with him now. He said, I said, we're doing a Christmas service. You need to come. He says, yeah, we're down where the church. I said, you know where the church is. Stop it. He's like, ah. I said, don't ah me. Get your tail down to the church. It's just up there. When he comes, I'm dragging his butt up on stage and we're gonna celebrate the heck out of him. Six years. But I'm saying, let's give it a go. Hey, come to church with me. Come to a Christmas service. It's outside. We're gonna sing Christmas carols. Let's see people get saved. Don't make it a normal Christmas. Let's impact people. The last thing. How do I know I stay? Do I stay? Does God get credit? Does God get credit? Jesus says, I'm the vine. And you know what we get to be? A branch. That's do you know what you are? You're a branch. You know what I am? I'm just a branch. So stupid, isn't it? What does a branch do? Just stays connected to the vine. I know I stay when God gets the credit for my life. It's, it's, it's such a... It's such a simple message and thought. But this, if we will apply it to our lives and really do it, this would radically change your life. Just stay. Just stay. Ben, I'm worried about my finances. Stay. Ben, I've got this going on in my family. Stay. Ben, I don't know what's going to happen this Christmas. It's crazy. Stay. Ben, I've got this going on my health. Stay. Everything else will, will flow through it. And when it does, God will get the glory. We, we, we complicate. We have this way of taking something so simple and making it so complicated. But God 
takes something so complicated and makes it so simple. That's, that's what the Christmas story is. You have this radically complicated problem whereby mankind was an absolute mess. Mankind, the entire history of the world, you think you got a lot on your plate. Think about this for a problem to try and fix. The entire history of the whole entire world, mankind needs saving. Feels like it's a pretty difficult task. Complicated, but He makes it so simple. And He says, you know what? Let's send a baby. Let's take God in human form. And let's not do it in a big grand way that looks great, that everybody would say, amazing, this is good. No, 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 let's, let's do it. Let's take a tiny little baby and just to mess with them and to confuse them all, let's put the baby in a little tiny manger. And something that's so radically complicated will be dramatically fixed in a second with something so simple. All they have to do is just believe in Him. Believe in Him. And then just stay. Telling you, you're gonna hear me say this word over and over and over. I'm gonna carry this into 2022. Stay. If we would stay. Stay in that place of knowing what it is to encounter Jesus and His presence in our lives. And the, the way in which we can do it is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because when I look at myself through my own eyes, staying with Jesus and being present with Him feels like, feels tough, feels like work. Feels like I've got to work at it because when I look at myself through my own eyes, I see how messed up I am, and and I, and then I get caught up in this thinking like I've got to be something to come to Him, and and that actually doesn't draw me closer to Him. It pulls me away from Him because I feel like I can't measure up. When my kids make a mistake. They mess up at home. They get in trouble and, and there's a consequence. But then I pray with them and we finish and then it's done. And one of the things that both my kids do that I love so much, I pray they keep doing it. But I no doubt it's gonna stop when they get too cool for dad. <laughs> but after they get in trouble, they'll, they'll look at me and, and, and they'll both say, Dad, can I have a hug? 
And as a dad, it's like, man. And I'll wrap my arms around my kids. What, what kind of dad would I be if I was like, eh, no. That's, that's, that's the heart of your heavenly Father. That He wants to wrap His arms around you and hold you and remind you of, of who you are. That He wants you to, to stay. He wants you to stay in the middle of the pain you're going through and the questions you have and the hurt that you feel. He wants, to, he wants to hold you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to tell you that it's gonna be all right. He wants you to remain because if we will remain in Him, He then remains in us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.